So I was an early bloomer and you know started getting made fun of as early as third and fourth grade for things like having hair under my arms. And so puberty to me was like this traumatic thing that I was ashamed of because nobody else was going through it with me. And I just associated it with negative bad and I wanted to hide it. In fourth grade, I went to the grocery store with my mother and I was all the way down at the other end of the aisle when she picked up the box of maxi pads and she shouted, I'm getting these for you for when you need them later. And my dad and my brother were there and I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. But I was really glad to have them when I got them my period in early in the sixth grade. I really didn't have any expectations. I was just mortified that this other awful thing was happening to me that I wanted to hide. And I I did try to hide it. So I had this box of maxi pads, but I didn't want to throw them in the trash because then my parents would find them. So I flushed them down the toilet. And I'm not really sure how long that went on, but I went through that box and then had started stealing from my mother uh, before the plumbing problems happened. And of course, they didn't happen until my parents were hosting a dinner party. And my dad goes in to try and fix the toilet. And he's, I love him to death, but he's clueless. And he snakes the toilet and he comes out in front of a room full of people. It's like, what the hell is this crap? And so that's how my parents found out I got my period. I was mortified, mortified. Hey y'all, it's the Peach. This is Amy and I'm here with my delightful co-conspirators, Jill and Jen. Say hi guys. Hi guys. Hey, it's Jen. It's Jill. Um, So today we're talking about a... A beloved topic among women everywhere, a, a universal topic in its own way, um, monarchy, which is street speak for when you have your very first period. So I just want to give everybody a second, take a moment and reflect mm-hmm. on the story of your first period, the first time you saw hemorrhaging coming out of your vagina. <laughs> so Jen, would you like to start us out and tell us a little bit about the developmental processes that get this all rolling? Yeah. So let's start some science here. So um, when we all went to nursing school, I'm sure we learned about the Tanner phases of development. So this is when children are growing and they're getting the pre-adolescent, pre-pubescent periods. And some of the things that you look for is what we call breast budding, which is like kind of pre, like nice and round breasts, but instead of those kind of pointy things with the nipple at the end. And also you look at pubic hair or hair under the arms. And so there's, you know, a nice sequence that happens. And so usually menarche happens after the breast budding, about a year after um, the menses will start. And so first, you've got the breast development. Very, It varies upon ages. Um, some people develop much earlier than others, but from 10 to 11. Then you'll get the growth of your pubic hair. And then you're going to reach, us poor girls, we reach our maximum height early. And then menarche, 12 to 13, depending. I was an early bloomer. Were you? I think that's interesting because it makes sense, and I actually know this, but I think a lot of times that people associate your first period with the onset of puberty. And that's Mm. not exactly the case. You can be sort of pubescent. You can be going through puberty and your period starting is just another sign of that. It's like the frosting on the puberty cake. It comes last and it is the most delicious. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, now, what's interesting, though, when we were doing our reading, um, just to brush up on the stuff, because I have to say the menstrual cycle was one of like the most difficult things to understand for me when I was, you know, doing my biology studies, because one hormone goes up, another one goes down, and it's just, it's confusing. It's literally rocket science. Yeah. But we it's found rocket surgery. we are reaching puberty earlier and earlier, and there's lots of reasons for that. There's some genetics, family history, um, nutrition, and childhood in- infections. And we, we sometimes think of it as bad because of the different diet changes that are happening and all the hormones that are in. It's our, in the milk. Yeah, it's in the milk. It's in, it's the, in milk. the beef. Definitely in the, in the Burger King. It's definitely <laughs> yeah. in Burger King. But you go to Burger King at six years old, you basically start your period on the way home. Yeah, no, I've, I menstruate every time I go to Burger King. <laughs> Even today. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, this is our vegetarian is saying this. Um, partly, it's just that we are... Are, we're eating better and so our nutrients are better and so you know it's not all just a bad thing it's actually we're actually getting the vitamins we're supposed to be getting and so we're growing faster right because they thought sometimes that this later uh, bleeding this later menarche was associated with things like famine right for example um, or plague or these sorts of kind of mass afflictions. Mm-hmm. And historically speaking, as I like to say, we know that back in the olden days, back when we were hunter-gatherers, we did start our periods earlier. And it was only when they moved to a more agrarian and city-based environment that people were a little bit more malnourished, had a different type of lifestyle, a little bit more sedentary. And so that's when we saw puberties be- puberty start a little bit later. And so the, there is some thought that we're just now returning to what our hunter-gatherer ancestors Not from did. our non-organic milk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it definitely, and definitely the paleo diet has really saved the day, I yeah. think, for everyone. I have to tell you, as, as it somebody, so often does. I, you know, I feed my children. I have two boys, and I do think about that sometimes. Like, am I putting hormones on them? They're going to start giving them facial hair at eight years old and these sorts of things. So, How much soy can they have before they get breast buds? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gynecomastia. Oh, it's really nice to feel like, oh, maybe it isn't totally, it is attributable potentially to how we're eating, but that just is uh, in terms of the fact that we're eating better and that we're healthier and mm-hmm. this is maybe sort of a baseline minarchy age as opposed to something that we've created through all of our you know genetically modified chemically ridden yeah can we all theory. just take a moment and think about how weird breast buds are they are i mean aren't they just like these weird little like <laughs> swollen puffs yeah it just looks like you got a saline injection what under I think your is nipple cute is when people wear like little girls wear bras with their little breast buds yeah i know some adult women who wear bras with their <laughs> breast buds yeah and some that have stopped wearing bras yeah. with the breast buds mm-hmm. i basically had breast buds until i had babies and then i, <sighs> I didn't not me i unfortunately as i said was an early bloomer and um probably age eight or nine my family went to jc penny all together my dad my mom and my two brothers and we picked out my first bra and then every morning after that my dad would give me a hug and reach behind and snap my bra strap (gasps) to make sure i was wearing it because i needed to be wearing it at age nine were you non-compliant with bra wearing i I mean did he have to snap it to make sure because you had previously been 
not wearing it? I think he was just really aware that I needed it and wanted to save me the embarrassment later in life. So he thought that snapping your bra strap at home was definitely going to I mean, it wasn't like a cruel way, but it was like a check. You know, just like put a little finger underneath the band just to be like, it's there. With my youngest son, sometimes we have to check and make sure he's wearing underwear. He likes to go micro, as he calls it, (laughs) to school. So how long after you uh, got your bra did you start your period? I was, um, I mean, it was probably about two years afterwards, I'd say, because I got my bra at eight to nine, and then I started my period age 10 to 11. Like, I was almost 11. You're you're totally great with the curve, because it usually is about two years from initial breast budding to, to the period starting, or no, yeah. no, peak. You get your peak height two years after your breast buds, and then you get your period about a year after that. So it's a two to three year process in total, typically. So I want you guys to look at me and think about (laughs) how tall I have been when I was 12 years old. Jill literally got recruited for the NBA I, I a couple years ago. Yeah. She's massive. I have pictures of me at dances where all the boys are are quite literally just at, at breast height. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> to check out those buds. Yeah, breast yeah. bud height. Really. Breast bud height. <laughs> yes, exactly. Did that work out well for you? No. No, I was all... <laughs> it's terrible. It was all like elbows and knees. No. Well, so we know that first periods can all be pretty wacky and crazy. So we know that first, the first year or two that girls are menstruating is wacky. It's all over the place. We like to think of periods as these beautiful, regular things that happen like clockwork, which is also a fallacy because we're humans and our bodies don't work like that. But especially in the first couple of years after you start your period, Things are pretty wacky, and that's because your um, pituit- your hypothalamus and your pituitary, the axis that works in between those, is still pretty immature, so it's still kind of getting the kinks out. And so what we see a lot is irregular periods, either really light periods or really heavy periods. So for a mom who's had a normal period for the past 20 years, this can seem like a really big problem. But for the most part, irregular periods, totally normal for the first couple of years after a girl starts her period. And even though they're not like necessarily ovulating or releasing an egg every period, there is the potential that they are, even mm-hmm. if their periods are irregular. Exactly. So, and they can have these, they can be ovulating and not have the bleeding right away afterwards either. I mean, so I tell, even if you are irregular, you only get two periods a year, you never know when you're ovulating. I guess I kind of grew up quickly so I didn't and I'm the oldest and the only girl so I wasn't it seemed only natural it just seemed like kind of a non-event and I was like oh good and now and I remember my mom saying and be careful now because now that means you can have babies I definitely felt like I was a woman I definitely felt a little empowered because um, it made me feel like okay now that means I can have, I can produce a life. I mean, it was definitely eighth grade <laughs> before I knew that there was a third hole. I remember walking home and being like, Mom, you'll never believe what I learned today. It's more than just pee and poop down there. So my mom, when I was about five years old, I actually have a picture of this I was looking at today, bought me a bunny. And so this all was precipitated by the fact that I once was helping her make her bed. I was really little, four or five, and I saw 
blood on the sheets. And my mother was fairly progressive. And so she told me what this was. And then she went all in. So she bought this bunny. And I have a picture of me holding it with a leash. And <laughs> wait. A leash? Yeah, it's a picture of me standing She's in my from yard. West Virginia. I'm gonna put it on the website. I was in a tutu <laughs> okay. and I was holding something on a leash and it looks like a little puppy, but really it was a huge <laughs> rabbit. And my grandfather or someone had built us this rabbit cage. And my mother, we had two rabbits, and my mother let me at a very young age watch these rabbits do it. And then I was there for like the birth of the the bunnies. Your first midwife experience. It, my first midwife experience. I was really, really young. And it really did start this whole uh, lifetime of just being completely fascinated with reproduction, all in that little that little period act. Well, that's really fitting that it was bunnies, too. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It was a sure thing, really. Yeah. I think she... <laughs> she knew. She knew. I think she went for the safe bet. But it was really cool because I do feel like a lot of young women don't know what is even down there. And we talked about it, like, you don't need to go balls to the wall with this crazy explanation of, you know, your LH surge mm-hmm. and your, but you really do need to let young girls know the general anatomy. So I would also argue that there are grown women who have no idea. Absolutely. And I all mean, the time. Orange is the New Black, there is a lovely episode of this one lesbian telling these women, like, you have three holes down there and them just being shocked. Yeah. So, know your body. Yeah. Well, you have your ovaries that release the eggs and they travel into the uterus and that's where your blood from your period collects. Or if you got pregnant, that's where the embryo would grow into a fetus. And then you have your cervix, which is like the the door to the uterus and it sits in the vagina and then your vagina, which is the area that you put a tampon in or have sex in, that sort of thing. Well, and this isn't all that advanced coming from Jill because from what I remember, you had like a toy, like women's productive like thing like just hanging around that your sons used to play with oh they know the deal yeah so i mean yeah jill is quite progressive yeah and in this in the same in the same token (laughs) take a little hand mirror and explore the outside too yeah find your clitoris right find all three holes i dare you i dare you but anyway (laughs) anyway don't do it right now though keep you listening or you could do it right now that'd be fine too I wish I had just had some more information about it because I thought some of that was on me because I thought it was this negative thing. I didn't ask for information because it was like super awkward to talk about, but I would have liked to have some more information. I didn't know what a, a normal bleeding level was. I didn't know that that wasn't, that there were things that could be done to manage that. <laughs> it would have been nice to know that a tampon applicator was just an applicator that didn't stay in. And just to have somebody that I could have talked to about it and to have just some support and kind of troubleshooting some of those issues. There, of course, are some times when things go wrong. So some good things to keep an eye out for any time that a young girl soaks a pad or a tampon more than every two hours, or if her period interferes with her ability to function as a normal person, if her cramps are terrible, if she can't go to school, that kind of thing. Um, anything that affects quality of life is definitely something to talk to your child's health care provider about. So there are a few instances where we have undiagnosed bleeding disorders or anemias or anything like that that can result in like a crazy amount of bleeding. But for the most part, irregular, occasionally heavy, occasionally light periods 
in a young woman, totally a-okay. I also want to say, too, you know, there are, there are young women, my best friend was one of them, who didn't have a mother uh, around when she started her period. And so um, we hope that dads um, will have these same kinds of conversations mm. with their the, the lovely young ladies in their lives. It doesn't necessarily need to be um, a, a daughter necessarily, but these are conversations that, that men can be included in. Sometimes girls, if they have a mother and a father around, they feel kind of embarrassed about the dad. But I think a dad has the responsibility to know about these things and also make themselves accessible. Yeah, and the dad can do a lot to make the girl feel comfortable with it by not being a total weirdo about buying tampons or pads. Mm, absolutely yeah this should not be like one of those like oh i need to hide this in the cart i mean it we need to normalize it yeah i had it i had my supplies from my sister my younger sister mm. okay here's a fun fact when i started my period i hid it from everybody including my own mother i didn't tell anybody <laughs> that i had started my period for like six full months wait no back up how did you get i would go into her bathroom when she was doing something else or when she's away and i would steal like two or three panty liners. I'd like make janky panty liners with toilet paper at school. I bled through everything. Oh. Why didn't you tell your mom? Because I was so embarrassed. I felt like such a freak because she'd started her period really late and she was this like cute, beautiful thing. And I was, and, and I wanted to be just like her, but I was of course like a little chunky and my hair was getting curly Ew. and I was brushing it and my teeth looked like I'd been beat to hell. And I just looked gross and then I felt like a mutant when I got this period at like I must have been 11 I just was like this is too early I'm never gonna be pretty like my mom did she find out later that you've been having your period well I think she kind of suspected but then I told her about six months in and acted like it was the first time and I just got my first period even though it had been happening for <laughs> just been trying out your tampons <laughs> no no tampons just oh. those little carefree like tiny mm. panty liners which Fun fact, we're not sufficient. So I was maybe 12 or 13 and visiting my aunt in New York City and was helping her out with her kids. She had a couple of young youngins, um, new babies, and I got my first period and I knew exactly what it was. I had been thinking about it. I mean, I was 12 or 13. I'd been prepared as much as you could be. So I went out and I said, you know, Julie, I got my first period. I, I need something to deal with it. And she said, well, I have a super absorbent tampon or a baby diaper. Which do you want? <laughs> and I don't remember which one I took. I think I probably just wadded toilet paper up and then walked myself down to the store, you know, at the end of the block and bought myself some napkins. What are they called? Some, some pads. I assumed my mother would be in charge of buying those products for me at the store as long as I was still in her household. So it was kind of a shock to have to go in and buy the sanitary pads myself for the first period. Luckily, I was in New York City and didn't know a soul besides my aunt, so I wasn't too embarrassed about buying pads, but I was completely embarrassed. No, I think I felt like it wasn't a big deal because my mom is super uh, down to earth and doesn't make a big deal out of things and accept, you know, super bo body positive and biology positive and stuff like that. And I had an older sister too, who was two years older than me. So I would have seen tampons and pads laying around and it wasn't a big deal. 
But I do remember that my mom, I was really angry with my mom because she said, you know, you're, you're being a grown up now and your period is your business. So you need to buy your own tampons and pads, like with your own money. And I was like, no, 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 this is a family expense. This is not, should not come out of my allowance. You're crazy. You know? And so we had a big fight about that. And I, I, I think she ended up, you know, ultimately buying them because my sister and I protested so much that it wasn't fair. Like, why would we have to spend our own money on this, you know, unavoidable thing? Yeah, my mom told me that um, only whores wore tampons. Um, so I was not allowed. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was not allowed to wear and I was a heavy bleeder and but until I went to a friend's house and that's all they had. And so I had to figure it out on my own. But that's a reoccurring theme, I think, yeah. is figuring out tampons on your own. Ooh. And there are like, there's just some cringeworthiness about that. I yeah. think I was, I was the same, the same way. I just felt like it was not something that my mother made accessible to me. I don't know if she had them herself. But it was somehow you like you were going to lose your virginity if you put it right. Exactly. (laughs) Here goes your hymen. (laughs) Wish we did it. The first time I had my period was pretty interesting because I was 12 years old, between sixth and seventh grade. I've been a competitive swimmer for 12 years, or I mean, at that point for six years, and I was getting ready to join the junior varsity swim team somewhere between my uh, sixth grade and seventh grade year and the day before swim practice happened I started feeling not so great crampy a feeling I'd never felt before sort of doubled over in some strange pain thought I was dying luckily I had a good relationship with my mother who actually has worked is a nurse and has worked at Planned Parenthood over the years but even though that's true, we never really talked at that point about sex. And even with periods, it was kind of like, very matter of fact, and this is going to happen. And she bought me our bodies ourselves and said, here, learn here. But we didn't talk about it a lot. And then I obviously was getting ready to have my period the day before my major swim team tryouts were happening. So the morning of swim team practice, first practice for tryouts for the junior varsity team, and I was only in seventh grade, I started bleeding. And there was no way I wasn't going to go because everybody knew I was, I had been swimming since I was six years old. Everybody was expecting me to be there and I needed to be there. And I was terrified. And I told my mom, what am I going to do? And she said, well, you're going to have to use a tampon. And I thought, well, I don't know anything about using a pad. I don't know anything about using a tampon and I'm only scared, you know. So I ended up on my back on my mom's bed with my legs spread and my mom inserting the tampon. My mom only uses OBs. So I, you know, basically my first experience with my period was me laying on my back, my legs spread, my mom teaching me how to insert a tampon because it was too hard for me standing up. It was too hard for me squatting. I just couldn't quite figure it out. So she did go out and get me some applicator tampons, which was thankfully at that time was good for me. But still for probably the first four or five days, I ended up with my mom. Somehow I made it through sixth grade year to summer and I was on summer swim team. 
So one day I told my mother I just was not going to go to swim team. And so she went out and bought me my first box of tampons. And she just gave it to me. No explanation. I went to the bathroom. We were running late for swim team. I'm trying to read the pamphlet. I don't understand. I just put the whole thing in there. I don't realize that the applicator is just an applicator. So I go to swim practice and I'm a breaststroker, which doesn't help matters. So the applicator quickly pops out while I'm swimming. Now, luckily, initially, the bathing suit caught it. And I, I was, again, I was trying to play it off. I was like, I got this. I can finish out practice. It's just going to stay in the bathing suit. But it did not. It popped out into what I can imagine was the face of the swimmer behind me. But I didn't stick around to find out. I got out of the pool, walked away, left, and did not return for two weeks. What was your monarchy story, Jen? Well, so I, what's interesting, so I have a twin brother. Hi, Jake. He's already a fan of us. Um, hey, Jake. <laughs> he loves the peaches. Um, and he loves to bring up my monarchy story. I think he knows it better than me. But I was one of those people that couldn't wait to have their period because my mom told me I could start shaving my legs as soon as, and I, and for me, that was like, you're the cool kid. So that I, becomes all of a sudden you have a lot of high maintenance things going on. Yeah. Well, Leg shaving. I had no idea. Period dealing with. Go back to our, our pubic hair podcast. Oh. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, like was constantly checking my underwear, hoping for a surprise blood. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. But um, we were in the movie theater, my brother and I, watching Casper with Christina Ricci. <laughs> Stop. And I, unbeknownst to me, I had a giant crush on her. Um, he and I both did. And Who right didn't? in the middle, you know, I feel this cramping and this, you know, like something's going on down there. And I go to the bathroom and I come back and I'm just like giddy. And I'm like... I just started my period. You said it to your brother? Yes. And so he now knows. That, and so whenever he hears about Casper, he thinks of my, my first bleeding experience. And Do you I, think of Christina Ricci every time you have your period? Mm, Do you have a little picture from the bathroom? Honestly, I had kind of forgotten because it, I had sort of, because earlier that day we were at the beach and I kind of thought something was happening at the beach. And so I always think about the bathing suit and at the beach, he's the one that reminded me about Casper. And I just completely forgot that I had shared it with him. And I just love that he's just like, has the story, you know, like in his head about the first time his sister had her period. (laughs) That's amazing. Can't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade, but whatever, junior high. And I think I'm completely odd because I was super excited to get my period because I am an, like an accessories girl and I thought it was going to be so awesome to have these little pink pouches that I got to carry in my purse and I felt like all important. And I remember when I got it, I was totally like ready because, you know, you get to a point where you know it's coming. Some of your friends are getting it. And so I just totally walked into my mom like totally got my period. I'm ready for my pink pouch now. And so that part was exciting. And then the real horror set in kind of after the fact. <laughs> it's like I had to go buy them the first time and realize, you know, the issues like everyone on the planet then knows that you have your period. Oh, my God. My oldest son is 11. And I say to him all the time, I was like, you know, girls are going to start getting their periods like girls in your class are about that age where that's going to start happening and um he 
he's cool with that. Like he's aware of it because we all have these moments of just having been so totally mortified by bleeding. Like Amy was saying, like bleeding through things. This happened to me recently, actually. So I don't think this goes away. Didn't you get it on your shoes? <laughs> That's a yes. We might need to show that story. She bled on her shoes. Yeah, I was in my, I was in my, I was taking some medicine and I didn't realize all the side effects. Let me just say, this was um, probably four months ago and I was in my boss's office. She's a, she's bright red, by the way. Jen yeah, red I'm telling embarrassed. So she, uh, my boss is a very nice woman, um, uh, but she's, she's Russian, not super, super, super like emotive, very kind. Um, and I went into her office and I crossed, I was not having my period and I crossed my, I was wearing a skirt and I crossed my legs and I looked down at one leg and there was just this slick of blood all down my right leg. And so I haven't been at this job too long and I, you know, I'm not on a period basis with this woman. And so I stand up and as I'm talking to her and saying, oh my gosh, I, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. It starts dripping on her carpet on her floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so then I'm totally freaked out. And fortunately she's an OBGYN. And so she was kind of cool with this. She wasn't as totally alarmed as I was. If I, later, I think she thought it was pretty funny, but I go to the bathroom and I have to run around the office trying to find a tampon. I was not prepared. It, it's everywhere. It doesn't get on the back of my skirt miraculously, but all down my legs. And yes, that evening, well, I walked back in her office and she said, just, you, you've had a day, just go home. And so my husband picked me up from work. And that evening I was walking in and putting my shoes away and realized that I even had blood on my, on my shoes. Boom. It was now you've heard the most embarrassing story of my life, <laughs> <laughs> which, we were, which we should have saved for the period episode. But it was just really it's yeah, too good. It's it's just good. shows I'll that just... you can have awkward period stories at all points in your life, not just when you're in middle school and you wore khakis on your heavy day. Mm-hmm. I still remember this girl in my high school, Kizzy, and I remember one day, probably because her name, but I remember <laughs> one day she came into like our social studies class or something, and she had like all this blood on the back of her pants and. I didn't make fun of her, but I just, my heart just, pardon the pun, bled for her. <laughs> that's good. That's real. That's rich. That's rich. Yeah, show. I had a similar experience in middle school of walking across the entire lunchroom and then later my friend taking me aside and saying, you have blood like completely like all over your, your backside. And my mom was a single mom, working mom. She could not pick me up to take me home. So my sweet friend, this is when it was cool to like the grunge phase when you wore like plaid, like flannel shirts. She lent me her flannel flannel shirt to tie around my waist for the rest of the the day. That's the only way I got through middle school, especially when I was hiding my period. Mm. Forget that. A lot of women in my family have very heavy menstrual flows. And so the realization of like, oh, I'm going to be spending half of my life sitting on a mattress kicked in and that really sucked. Um, And I remember the first time it really hit me as I was riding the bus home and I hadn't had a chance, you know, it was one of those things, end of the day and I had to stay after class for something to ask a question or something. And so I got on the bus and I just knew that I had needed to like make a pit stop. And of course I was wearing the infamous white jeans. So it was, you know, I think everybody has to have their one white jeans horror story 
I think I had everything tied around my waist trying to make sure that you couldn't see it. Um, I lived in Arizona at the time too, so it's not like you tend to have like a lot of sweaters handy to wrap around one's waist. Just a just a question of curiosity. Do you all, did you feel like when you got your period that somehow that that made you feel differently about yourself? Like, did you feel like a woman? After you got your period, did you feel like I felt like a freak? Change? I felt like a bleeding freak. Yeah, and I would say too, <laughs> I really never thought about like the womanhood like idea until I've hung out with a bunch of midwives who really celebrate like the the lunar cycles of you know the period and just all of that. Like for me, the period just became an annoyance and. Um, you know, and, you know, I was excited about shaving my legs, but there was none of this like <laughs> celebration of like female ship or what that you meant. You didn't have a moon a party? No. And like, I just, I'm a late bloomer with feminism, you know? And so it's just been so neat to learn from you all, like the celebration of it and what it really means. And that like, it makes us unique to, to men. And it's, you know, like all the stuff that our body does that men's bodies don't do. And instead of looking at it as this like annoyance but to celebrate it, it's just mm-hmm. been really neat. My yeah. friend's mom is a midwife. And so when she started her period, she got period jewelry, oh. which she was totally embarrassed about. But I think it's amazing. And if I have girls, there would definitely be period jewelry involved. Yeah. And it was it hit me again. I, it's so funny. I was just thinking about this not that long ago. So I was talking to my aunt, and she said that... Um, my cousin's daughter had gotten her period and I got so excited because they have those great boxes now and everything. I was like, oh, can I send her a box? And she just looked horrified. And so I was like, oh yeah. So I texted my cousin and I thought she, so I was like, oh my gosh, I totally want to send Grace a box. Can I send her a box? And she was like, um, I think it's a little sensitive. And I was like, oh, so, you know, and I have a boy, so I have to adopt someone to send a box to someday because I just, I love those ads. I think for little girls, I think there is a lot of embarrassment. I mean, and I think it would be hard to kind of get someone in on it. I don't know. Unless you've been talking about it with them and normalizing it. So I did have this one friend who, when her period started, her mother, like, took her, she's from Asheville, and her mother took her, like, on the mountain with other women friends, and they drink red wine, and she made this, she wrote this letter to her. And... It was really beautiful, and she tells a story that um, on the day of this woman's blessing way, which is a celebration and ritual that we did before she had her baby, she went to grab something out of a closet, and she, this list, this letter that she'd not seen for years fell on the floor. And so she brought it to the blessing way and read it again for her daughter, and it was really beautiful mm-hmm. and um, really as relevant at that point as it had been probably 20 years that's awesome. Earlier. I read this really awesome book called The Body Project, An Intimate History of American Girls that my mom bought me at the Women's Rights Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had a really interesting, the, the chapter on menarche was really interesting because it talked about how modern society has treated menarche as much more of a, 
of an event that is related to the products that come after it Mm -hmm. and not to the actual anatomical and spiritual and psychological process that goes behind it. So when you think of your first period, you think about pads and you think about tampons and you think about going to the store, hiding things from the store, stealing things if you're me. (laughs) Um, But you don't, I think we're, we're guilty if not talking enough about what it, what it means on a, on a really basic level. And I think, yeah, we can normalize tampons and we can normalize products, but we should also normalize the process of it. And we should normalize the, you know, the changes that happens in your body. And maybe you don't want to have a conversation with your 11 year old daughter that now you can conceive a baby of your own. But I think it's, it's a good time to start talking about that and talking about like, you know, now you you could get pregnant. Can you imagine a girl in another country that doesn't have, that's not going to school and who mm-hmm. doesn't, ha- there's not any kind of worth placed in her as a member of society? And can you imagine her having a child at this age? Can Like, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to talk to women about this and girls that I think we're missing. So Absolutely. hopefully this will help. Or as they say in the mountains where I'm from, old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. <laughs> well, I think we found the title of this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's true. And I was in Burkina Faso recently. Uh, I saw a lot of young women in clinics that were like 12, 13, 14 years old. And they were saying that in many of these countries, a woman uh, is not a woman because she gets her period. A woman has to prove her fertility. Mm. And that often is associated with very young ages of conception and then um, the associated kind of morbidities that go along with that. But I agree that there is something, there is something larger at work uh, when, when you get your period. I think, I think it ushers in a totally new phase, not just pimples of your life, not just pimples. Yeah. It's more than just pimples. So something that's really interesting, Amy, that you pointed out was this, this idea that I'd never heard of before that like extreme stress can cause you to start your period early. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating to me. So I kind of piggybacking on that is there's, you know, a few things that make you start your period late and then early. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really worry about late periods until someone's like 17 or 18. Um, that can be absolutely normal. It can be your body fat index. Like if you are someone who exercises a lot because you're going to have lower fat and our fat tissue excretes estrogen. And so you're going to have a lower estrogen on board. But then also us uh, chunkier children have more estrogen on board. So that conversely makes you have your periods earlier. Uh, There's different definitions of starting your period earlier. So anytime between 10 and 16 is totally reasonable time to start your period. Yeah, no need to rush to the pediatrician thinking something's wrong. So I guess the story of my first period starts when I was about 11, but I didn't actually get my period until I was 14. But I feel like I have to go back to when I was 11 to make any of it make sense. So when I was 11 years old, my mom moved us from Wales, Great Britain, to Pensacola, Florida, she had met an American man and they'd fallen in love and we were going to move to America for them to be together. So that meant leaving sort of my family and childhood home and my dad. And so we moved when I was 11. When I was 12, um, my dad committed suicide in Wales, but I was still in America. And then my 
mom had a baby and she was born with like a heart major heart defect and had open heart surgery and then immediately after that my grandpa died and it was just a really crazy traumatic time in my life 12 and 13 and I had um I had kind of like a gymnast body at that time I was really thin and slender and didn't have breasts yet and but I feel like my whole life at that age just kind of shut down like my body shut down and my brain shut down and it didn't I didn't sort of start to come out of it until about a year later so anyway when I was 14 the summer that I t was 14 I decided to go back to Wales by myself without my mom or my sister and sort of deal with some stuff of my dad's passing and and just be in Wales with my grandmas and family so I was going to spend the whole summer there right which is like you know three months so when I left, I left Pensacola with no breasts and like as a ch looking like a child, you know, still sort of prepubescent looking. And while I was in Wales, I totally hit like fast forward puberty and grew breasts and um, that's when I started my period. So I came back to Florida with my period and breasts. So what happened, the actual story of the period starting, was that my uncle had taken me up to North Wales to meet with a solicitor to try to talk about some stuff with my dad's death. And some old friends that we have up there that have known since I was a child were having a big party at their house. And so I asked my uncle if I could bring my best childhood friend, Sophie, and so she came too. So we go up to this party in North Wales and they had homemade scrumpy, which is like a cider, you know. So we just drank this. We had no idea that it was so strong and we were drinking this cider. And of course we, you know, we were 14, so we didn't have very good gauge and tolerance or whatever. So we pretty much got hammered. And I remember my uncle carrying me home in a wheelbarrow back to the farmhouse where we were staying in and for some reason I was wearing a bathing suit the whole night and the, and I slept in it and the next day and I woke up and my head hurt so bad and from the scrumpy and the party and and I went to the bathroom and there was blood in my bathing suit you know like I had started my period <laughs> it was crazy at this party overnight at this crazy experience and so it was towards the end of my trip and then, you know, I had to go home back to America and so when I got home and I got off the plane, I could see my mom's eyes pop out of her head when I came at, through the airport because I looked completely different. I actually had breasts and, and I had grown, you know, I had grown taller. And then, you know, I, I got to tell her that I had started my period when I was home in Wales. have a great menarche story but something I would love to suggest is this wonderful book and I hope it's still in print um, and it's called uh, My Little Red Book and it's a collection of menarche stories mm. that a student at Yale put together and she's still kind of um, involved in this work and we'll put a link to it on the website but I wish I'd had this book as a young woman, I think that it would have been really helpful to read. That was actually my senior thesis at Wake was uh, examining how menarche stories, your your experience of your first period, how you felt that that might have shaped your feelings about your sexuality in general. If that was very accepted, did you feel more free to be who you were sexually? If that was repressed, did that make you feel like you had to rein that in that you couldn't be transparent about those things in your life very interesting to hear women talk about this and I think this book is really great because 
it's celebrities, it's normal people, it's just, you know, whoever, and they, they tell their stories. And you can really sense that even though we d all have different monarchy stories, that the threads are still there. And no matter who the woman is, they have these threads. And, and just from my, in a very few, I would say to all people dealing with a kind of a prepubescent adolescent, especially a daughter, um, to, to do what we can to sort of normalize mm -hmm. this for her, to make sure that you have supplies on hand so she doesn't have to go asking you for it, to make sure that you're stealing them, or heaven steal forbid. them and then have a jinky path. <laughs> 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 and that you've, you've really set this scene to, to normalize this. So you decrease feelings of shame because that really is a theme that comes up yeah. a lot. Well, and I appreciate Jill talking about, you know, sharing this with her sons too, because, you know, men are the flip side and that if young boys are also not, because I mean, I remember trying to hide, you know, my feminine hygiene stuff, like in my pocket to walk to the bathroom at school because I didn't want the boys to see it. And if boys know that this is a normal thing and, you know, I think that also decreases the shame as well. And I have always been a heavy bleeder. In junior high, there was a tampon and two pads all the time, and I changed between every single class. But in sixth grade, I hadn't quite figured out how to manage it yet, especially because I had a limited supply of product when I started. And so it got kind of messy. And very often, and it was always a male, a I don't recall females pointing it out, but it was always a guy in my class. I would stand up and be like, what's that mess on your chair? And routinely, uh, my story was that I sat in ketchup at the school cafeteria, even if we hadn't even gone there for lunch yet. That was my story. I don't know what rumors were circulating. <laughs> I'm sure they weren't pretty, but most days I just didn't want to leave the house. I mean, my husband, I'm going to tell a terrible story on him. He was... I was hoping she would, but I wasn't sure if she'd be allowed. <laughs> I, I have the most lovely husband, but he was 29. No, he just turned 30, I guess. We've been dating for some time. He went away for a weekend, and I came... He said... He came back, and he said, how was your weekend? And I said, oh, yeah, it was fine. I started my period on Saturday. And he said, well you must feel good today. I think it was Sunday evening. And I said, why would I feel better today? And he was like, well, I mean, you had your period. He thought you just it was, expelled it. It was like a bowel movement. Like, <laughs> God, I wish you, you take a period and yeah. then you're just done. He was 30 years old people. And so and it's, he has a sister. He's a sister yeah. eight years older and the mother. So it's just karma that he married this midwife who can talk about nothing else, basically. But <laughs> he knows better now. He knows better now. He's incredibly well educated now. So that's, mm. yes, you do want to you do want to set the stage. And I think that knowing some of these facts um, and again, on the website, uh, we'll post links to all of these mm -hmm. sources. But do what you can, if not to celebrate the young women in your life, uh, at least to provide them. And if you're really progressive, maybe a little extra for their friends who don't feel quite as comfortable. Yeah, throw a moon party for somebody for Pete's sake. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.